Hey everybody, welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you planned out today. Sean will be here shortly. He's just fixing his internet at the moment. Uh, I am very excited to have Jay returning. It's been a little while. Corey returning, also been a little while. Sunday, Matt, I called you Sunday. Oh my goodness. Uh, Sunday, Matt coming in. It's been a week, so good to see you again. <laughs> We're back on pattern. We're back on, We're back on yeah. pattern up yeah. till next week. And then he won't. two, two week. weeks from now. Anyway, weeks from now. while I'm getting all confused and flustered, y'all shouldn't. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, do all that good stuff to get your emails in the morning whenever we go live, which is, of course, every day. Now, today we're going to be talking about aggression. So if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, anything like that, by all means, put them up in the comment section so we can engage them directly throughout the show. Um, Looking forward to this concept. So I'm going to give it a little bit of a definition as to what aggression is, as well as a, the definition of aggressive, because I kind of want to touch on the difference between the two. Any thoughts or questions before I go in there? <laughs> Look at this. Bam. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sean, how's it going? Nice to see you. Uh, uh, looking forward to when you can join us shortly. Don't you worry. Uh, anyway, so we're going to be talking. We were not aggression. having fun at his expense at all. <laughs> not at all. The <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he is not feeling aggressive in any way at this moment. Yeah. So aggression. Let's talk about this. A, the definition of aggression is a forceful action or procedure such as an unprovoked attack, especially when intended to dominate or master. Uh, two is the practice of making attacks or encroachments. And three is hostile, injurious, or destructive behavior or outlook, especially when caused by frustration. Now, the difference between aggression and aggressive, it's funny enough, aggressive is tending towards or exhibiting aggression, <laughs> marked by <laughs> combative readiness. Um, so there's a, a whole bunch here. I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I want to hear your guys' opinions. What do you, when I, hit aggression when i talk about aggression what are your guys's first thoughts corey i'm gonna start with you giver um when i think of aggression obviously the first thing that comes to my mind is the idea of social media and and how it's mm -hmm. progress um how it's shown in social media is something that's negative something that's um you use the word hostile you use the word attack in that definition um aggression being um overt it's being oppressive it being um a negative in every connotation but i don't see it like that aggression can be um negative if it's done with intent if it's done with malice if there's a goal behind the aggression and it's done professionally and um like in my instance in my job if it's done professionally if it's done to accomplish a goal and afterwards it's switched off uh, when that goal is accomplished, um, then it's not negative. It, it serves a purpose as long as you know when that purpose has come and you're not still just sitting there trying to dominate um, everybody around you, let's say. Matt, what do you think? I think aggression, again, like is what Corey's saying, has a time and a place. And it's how it's on a spectrum and depending on what level of that spectrum you're on is either it's appropriate or not appropriate, right? Being aggressive and taking control of a situation, telling people to stand back or, you know, be quiet while we achieve the mission, that's different than just bullying your way through something and, like, I am the man to do the job, right? Um, when I was going through psychology there a while back, there was actually a, a nice diagram between men, men and women where women were all nurturing and stuff, but men were just classified as aggressive, you know, violent, that kind of thing. And I think... In that regards, the definition should have been more protective because you could be very aggressive while you're protecting something. And that is you are defending, not offending. Interesting. Jay, what about yourself? What are your thoughts? Yeah, when you said, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I hear the word aggression? Um, <laughs> the first thing that came to mind was cowardice. And so, yeah, I'll build on that. Um, I think that just like what Corey and Matt were saying, there's um, there's sort of like a hierarchy of aggression. And I also think that it sort of depends on the kind of person you are, how you'll use aggression. Aggression is something that seems to be built into us. It's kind of hardwired into us to um, coincide with our emotional, uh, with our particular emotional state. And so you can see, and I, and I'm, 
in the policing world in, in particular, you can see this with the different types of personalities that you work with or the different types of people that you deal with on the street. So people that tend to be um, overtly aggressive also tend to be covertly um, coward-like. And it's almost like the aggression is a mask that they wear in order to prove to the outside world that they're not afraid. Um, whereas if you have somebody who's sound of mind, well-balanced, aggression will be something that propels them to maybe the next goal or achievement in their life versus something that they use in order to try and alter the world around them. I see people using aggression as an attempt to sort of mold the external world around them because of how they feel and what how they perceive um, the world. So, you know, they were, uh, Corey, you were talking about um, feeling threatened, I think, or something along that lines. So you can see people who constantly feel threatened by the world and by people in their sphere using aggression to attempt to prove something about themselves. So I've seen um, in 19 years of policing and in just in life in general, especially in the mar martial arts world, I've seen people who are sound of mind, who are confident, who use aggression um, as a springboard to really attack a goal or a problem. And then I see people who are very self-conscious or um, I don't want to use negative words here because I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that somebody doesn't have aggression. I'm just saying that there are just people who tend towards aggression because they're afraid or people who tend towards aggression because they're confident. And then there's sort of a spectrum in between all of that where um, there's, depending on who, the, who you are as a person, you'll use aggression in the correct or the incorrect way. Like the social media thing, you see people sort of in this covert state where they're hiding behind the computer and they have an avatar on the screen and they're um they're using aggressive language and threats online when they're really just a coward behind the scenes and they could never even act out the aggression that they claim to have so i think that there's a massive spectrum of what aggression is and how we use it as people well i think that you know that's a it's a great point in terms of uh people acting aggressive or acting with aggression as not being capable to begin with, right? And I, that's, I use the word acting specifically because it is an act, right? They are not confident in themselves, but <clears throat> um, what the thing that clicked in my, in my head here, and I'm gonna get into this in a second, I just wanna hit these comments real quick. Salty Jake jumps in, hey all, good to see you. He says, aggressive equals I'm comfortable with violence. Aggression, I will end you, <laughs> which, uh, maybe. Uh, he says, like discipline, it has levels of control and can be positive if controlled and focused, where it's a problem without the layers of control, similar to ROEs. Absolutely. Um, my initial thought on this was the fact that in CQB, right, when you're engaging uh, in a house, it's speed, surprise, and violence of action, right? And <laughs> that is an aggressive, it's an aggressive action. You are entering a room aggressively. But there is a presence held by people that uh, do that for a living, right? They just have kind of an air of confidence, but they don't seem aggressive normally. So like the act fades away. They don't need to act aggressively. They just harness it whenever they need it. Does that make sense where I'm going with that? You guys got any thoughts on it right now? Matt, what are you, what are you thinking? Oh, hold on. Sorry. How do you think in like there the aggressive? Yeah. Thank you. Um, aggressive of action in doing stuff. But I think that's also a learned skill too, right? There's individuals who are soft and very controlled, but they can be aggressive if they need to be because they've learned that in certain situations, they need to put their foot down and start, I want to say counter aggressive because sometimes aggression comes at them and then their only recourse and learned recourse is to actually be aggressive back. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm going with that one. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Corey, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, actually, uh, to touch base on what a lot of people have been saying, I think that when you think of aggressive, you think of loud, you think of uh, uh, direct yelling, screaming, that sort of thing. But it doesn't have to be. In, in my job, if I show up to something that's dynamic, uh, potentially very dangerous, and I need to come in, and let's say my backup is, is a ways away, I'm going to come in and I might start uh, taking control of the situation by directing people. 
and I'm, nope, sit down, you sit down, show me your hands, show me your hands, who else is in here, that sort of thing. I'm not screaming it, I'm not fearful, but it is, you will do what I say, I need you to do what I say, this is for everybody's safety, but I'm trying to uh, um, project that through my tone, through my body, through my voice. Somebody else looking at that from outside might say, that's really aggressive. Why are you doing that? You don't need to do that. I need to do that um, in, in order to control that situation. Like you said, aggression, aggression with control and having those layers is where good stuff happens. If I just walk in and I'm afraid that I'm by myself and I'm yelling and screaming at somebody, that's just aggressive and that's aggression without control. And that is going to aggravate that situation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sean, welcome back to the welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My apologies. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so we're talking about aggression today. And we've had some some great thoughts so far. But I'd like to get your point of view on this as well. What are your thoughts on aggression when I first talk about it? Well, I uh, just applied some aggression to aggressively relocate myself onto the sidewalk away from the spotty Wi-Fi in the Airbnb. Um, I think my first thought, I, I heard uh, some of the conversation as I was hustling down the sidewalk. Uh, and it, what it made me think of was listening to Larry over on the PTSD uh, podcast. I listened to the podcast that he just released today. Uh, that I was on with him. And we were kind of talking about this uh, to some degree. And it was the idea that there's uh, men out there, predominantly men, who are doing a lot of yelling, acting really aggressively on uh, social media, really trying to be something that they're not. And I said during the podcast, uh, which we taped uh, several months ago, that it's I'm of the opinion that a lot of that comes from... Um, men who are insecure, who lack self-confidence, who don't have the skills to be able to calmly manage the situation that is unfolding in front of them. And because they're, they don't have those tools, they have a tendency to lash out, act angry, flare up, uh, appear to be something that they're not, so that they don't have to deal with the thing that they have to manage, which they're trying to evade through the act of puffing up. So that's my thoughts on uh, aggression, falsely or uh, incorrectly being aggressive in the moment. Interesting. Jay, you got any thoughts? Yeah. So you see in the animal kingdom that uh, most animals will use um, availed violence through aggression, right? Where you'll see um, like two bull moose um, in the in the wild and instead of fighting what they're doing is they're displaying acts of aggression to avoid violence mm -hmm. right and i and i think in the in especially in the male dominated space i think that's what goes on very often there's very few men that i've met that are actually interested in charging forward into violence it's really difficult to get anybody to become violent it really is and i'll give you a quick example a long time ago, when we first started police training, we used uh, sim rounds that were like paintball. So you'd actually get hit and it hurt and it'd make you bleed and your hands would get all chewed up because you get shot in the hands more than anywhere else. And the actors that we had that were coming in to do the CQB stuff and the IRD scenarios within schools were so passive as human beings that they couldn't even follow through with this pretend scenario because the aggression that we were acting out while we were you know, practicing CQB stuff and IRD scenarios was too violent for them. In a simulated situation, they couldn't even get actors to stay present in the situation because most people just don't have the propensity for violence. So what's the next level below that so that it'll save your hide in any situation? And it's availed violence. And I think availed violence is aggression. And so um, what Sean just said there about a lot of men, you know, puffing out their chest and and flaring out their peacock feathers. I think that's just a safety mechanism built into us for most people who are not interested in violence. And so if you know that about yourself, if you know you're not a violent person and that you're actually afraid of violence, the next greatest thing that you can do is put on a cloak of aggression and walk around, you know, thrumming your chest like a gorilla so that everybody thinks that you're going to be violent when in reality, I don't know, I don't even know what the stats are, but most people just are not going to be violent. There's just not enough human beings around that are actually violent in order to 
think that this um, aggressive display that's everywhere is anything more than just that. And I think that's just built into us as animals. And now because we have a higher mind and we th think about everything, people harness this thing as, as an attempt to make themselves something that they are not, clearly are not, because it, yeah. just look around the world. I don't see violent people almost anywhere. It's a small, small handful of people that are really willing to throw down the moment that they uh, encounter somebody else who's being aggressive. Now that's, that's, that's touching on like the like real violence though, right? Like there, there's a difference between aggression and being aggressive and real violence because 90% of the population has never experienced real violence. I can't say 90%. That's a large uh, generalization, but there are a majority of people that have never experienced true violence. And so the, the, the question in my head, that's kind of popping in here. Do you think that initially in the uh, definition that I put out here, it said, uh, especially a forceful action or procedure, especially when intended to dominate or master. And so it's been kind of rattling around in my head of this domination piece. And the way uh, Sean and Jason just put it there, it kind of makes me think that the domination is to kind of create a bit of a safe space, like a buffer, if that makes sense. And mm -hmm. perhaps it's more about not so much being aggressive, like the whole, you know, you don't know my mentality, bro. <laughs> just see red, things happen, <laughs> that kind of stuff, is just creating a safe space of like, I'm technically violent enough that I could create a space safe. Sean, what do you got? If you don't mind, I'd like to add a little bit to that because Absolutely. I think that there's an important uh, phase line or an important distinction between someone who thinks that they're uh, ag aggressive or capable of violence and someone who actually is. The as, as you said, there's not too many who are capable of it, but there's a lot of people who think they are capable of it. And so certainly something that I see out there with a lot of men is they, they use this protective mechanism of faking that they're uh, capable of dealing with the situation in front of them. And then they start believing it and believing it based on nothing, believing it based on fantasy. And somehow in their uh, prepubescent mind at the age of 40, they feel that their 10-year-old uh, childlike abilities uh, have somehow manifested themselves into some sort of superhero um aggressive uh capable individual that is based on i don't know oxygen from another planet so uh i i have a real struggle with um, a lot of men out there who are faking that they're hard and uh they're they would dissolve like a wet paper bag if they had to face any actual uh aggression uh, specifically easy to understand once you put uh, a man who pumps his fist at the clouds and acts uh, uh, really hard, put them on the BJJ mats for their first night. And uh, that's a pretty rude awakening for uh, 9.74 men out of 10, I would say. So I think that uh, a lot of guys could use a real reality check uh, through correction on the BJJ mats, to be honest. I 100% agree to that. <laughs> Everybody should come on the BJJ mats. I 100% agree. Corey, got any thoughts on those? Yeah, it's funny when you're talking about the uh, puffing of the chest and the and uh, animals. Um, what automatically sticks in my head is uh, it's about 1.50 in the morning. I'm standing outside a bar and the two groups of bros come out and they're all puffed out. They're all chirping at one another and some guys holding one guy back and, oh, you better watch out and do all the rest of it. And I just think like, oh, my God, there's some liquid courage in you. Now you've got something pumped up. Somebody said something. Somebody scuffed somebody's puma. Like, come on, what's going on here? And then uh, it's funny because uh, you think, well, they're probably not going to beat each other up. Somebody might do something. But they look over and they see me standing there in uniform and all of a sudden the fight's on. I couldn't figure it out when I was younger, and I realized what it was a little bit later. The reason why they fight in front of me is they know they're going to get one punch in, and I'm going to grab a hold of them, and the fight's going to be over. So the aggression is there for one punch, and that's it. And after that, they go back with me, and they end up crying in the cell. Like, you know, not to shame them, but they're just crying. They're sorry. They don't know what they were doing, everything else. There's no more aggression in them. So just puffing out that chest most of the time. Matt, you got any thoughts? 
Oh, you're muted again. Hold on. There we go. You got to unmute yourself. <laughs> you keep on muting me. Um, going back to what you said about being aggressive. Um, one thing that actually popped in my mind when you were saying that is that there is times when a person can be aggressive towards a task in growing themselves, right? Like, um, again, back in school, I'm very aggressive again about certain classes because I want to succeed. I want to go, right? So I'll, I'll, I hate to say I dominate the class sometimes because I want to learn more and I want to go. Is this violent intent? Is this being aggressive and puffy chesting? No, this is just me seeking. This is me learning and growing at my pace and wanting more. Um, I don't think that's a negative thing, but it is aggression. Other people see it and it's like, man, you need to like, you're passionate about this, calm down or, you know, to step away from the, you know, we don't, we're not going to ask you any more questions because you have all the answers. Let someone else in the class speak. I think that aggressive, that's a, aggression for personal development and growth. And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing if it doesn't impact or hurt anyone else. That is a great point. I mean, <laughs> Sean is a perfect example. I, I'm going to point him out here is that he, as he said this right off the bat, he aggressively found a new location, right? And that is uh, a key point to that. Now I have a comment here. I just want to hit on uh, real quick before we carry on the conversation. Jason, talking to Jason, Murphy would like to say hi to daddy and wants to know that he's waving wildly at mom's phone. So <laughs> you, you got fans out there, buddy. It's awesome. Uh, they are aggressively watching the show. <laughs> they sure are. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, now, so this is a great point in that you're still dominating space, right? Like you, uh, Matt, you're saying that uh, you're dominating the uh, the classroom, but that that's a, it's a good thing. You're taking control of your own learning, right? Mm -hmm. And I find and, like a lot of other people do follow too as well. Like if you know when you're in those classrooms, like teachers, like anyone have any questions and stuff, and no one raises your hand. But then you're that one person and say, can you repeat everything from slide one? Because nobody is following you. Everyone else is like, yeah, can you go back to slide one? Because none of us know what's going on. Uh, I think that is aggressive because now you're challenging or you're pushing it back against the teacher in a positive way. Because they are then knowing their class is not keeping up with them. I think, yeah, it's it's personal development and aggression are two things that can go hand in hand for for positivity. Um, but it is very easy to cross that line, get past that spectrum level where you're actually becoming aggressive in a negative way. Mm, interesting. Sean, you got any thoughts on this? I do. Um, so there's a common term out there. I'm sure we've all heard it before. Jocko Willink uh, coined the phrase to some degree when he wrote his book, and that is default aggressive. Um, long before it became a term, I was default aggressive, as was everyone that was around me. We were default aggressive because that was the common framework that we all worked under. Uh, however, when I left the military, I retained that default aggressive so much so that it, to me, it just seems absolutely normal to be default aggressive. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I guess that all depends on the room that I'm stepping into or the person who's standing next to me who's confused about how I apply velocity and they don't. Or in, let's say, a university, in Matt's case, in, in a classroom, um, I, I'm, I'm going to be default aggressive in that, uh, that environment where uh, it's not that I'm going to hold the teacher accountable, but here's what I am thinking as I'm sitting in that seat. I'm paying a lot of money to sit in that seat. I might be paying $80,000 a year to sit in that seat and someone's going to earn their money, which means that I don't work for them. They work for me in that instance, and therefore they will earn and I will ask. And so the kind of questions that I will ask will be uh, aggressive questions that will lead me to the outcome that I am sitting there paying $80,000 a year for. So I think that there's a, to break it into a macro perspective, you can either live your life passively or you can live your life aggressively. And so in order for me to move at the trajectory and the velocity that I prefer, it requires aggressive mindset. It requires aggressive action. It requires an aggressive lifestyle. 100%. Corey, got any thoughts? Um, 
touch base a little bit more on what Matt was saying, actually, I, I came across a good uh, quote from Betty Davis. And uh, she said, my passions were all gathered together like fingers that made a fist. Drive is considered aggression today. I knew it then as purpose. And, and to touch base on that, like that, when you know what you want, you know how to do it, and something else is standing in your way, why is it bad to dominate that in order to get to where you need to? As long as you're not hurting somebody along the way, as long as you're not doing anything um, that's causing damage specifically, that's not a bad thing. That's being aggressive in a pursuit and showing aggression in order to get that. Jason? What are you thinking? Yeah, uh, I just lost my train of thought for a second. No, I got it back. <laughs> so got it. there's something um, that I've learned that I think is really interesting about aggression in that it is, it's built in neurologically into us. And I think there's three kind of paths that we're taking now as a society because I think aggression is now considered to be poisonous. You hear that when you talk about masculinity, that it's toxic. And what's the toxic trait of masculinity? One of them is aggression. But then when you listen to philosophy and you listen to neuropsychologists or clinical psychologists or anybody that's in that space of understanding how the human mind works, they'll tell you that aggression is something that should be fostered in us. Because if you don't foster it, what you end up is you end up with a massive spectrum of people, especially men, where you have a ultra highly aggressive uh, set point over here. And then you have an ultra passive set point right here. And it's a big disparity between the two. Whereas a long time ago, before we kind of started to screw everything up in life, the hierarchy between passive and aggressive was probably a lot smaller, where men were a lot more naturally aggressive because we are designed that way. Everybody has a point of aggression in them. The thing that's neat about aggression in the animal kingdom, and, and this is in humans too, is the more that you use aggression, the more you foster the neurochemical pathways in your mind that access aggression. So there's actually serotonin and dopamine that will make the pathways to aggression, which is also, I think, confidence, just, just so this sounds a little bit different in, in everybody's ears. These pathways, these neurochemical pathways are actually bolstered every time that you are confident or aggressive in this, in this case, because we're using the word aggressive. And on the flip side of that, the more often that you're passive, the more that you are actually shrinking your aggressive tendencies and the more you create a neural pathway to cowardice, for lack of a better term. And so um, this is missing in uh, 21st century society we're trying to say that aggression is poisonous and toxic when i think actually if everybody was aggressive especially the men there would be less violence because there's a known tendency to violence yeah. yet we have this massive disparity so that there's a whole bunch of hyper aggressive men that are willing to kick the crap out of the really passive men because not all of the men anymore have the ability or we've been subdued by a whole plethora of reasons to not have all of the men in society have some level of understanding that aggression is a good thing. So there's a massive disparity here and, and, and it's not taught. This confidence and uh, the link to confidence and aggression is not taught. It's actually trying to be beaten out of men, I think at this point and boys. Well, there, there, there's a, there's a por portion of that, but it's also not always we, right? Like you're using a very broad term, at least in my mind that, uh, it's not always being taught that, right? Like I'm Sean's boys are, we're not being taught that my boys are not being taught that these things. So to, I, I would just challenge the generalities on that. <laughs> that it, there is some word, there is some stuff going on right now about that, but I don't know if it would be uh, ex that extreme in my mind, at least Sean, you got any no. thoughts? Or sorry. Go ahead. I, I do. I, I, uh, I do support what you just said, Chance, but to, also to Jay's point, I think that uh, as a generalization, he's pretty much on the money. Uh, I think that they, it's an extremely high percentage of kids who are weak because their parents are weak. Did I just insult someone? I probably did. I'm sure that someone out there is dragging their lip right now because I just said that they're weak. Well, you are. 
if you're not raising your kids to manage the stresses of the world, if you're not raising your kids to be robust, if you're not raising your kids to uh, have self-confidence, if you're not raising them to be able to defend themselves in a world that is getting increasingly more complex, complicated, and difficult to do well in, then you're raising weak kids. Now, why do I say weak? Why does that why, why are people currently right now, as they hear that word, annoyed that I've said weak? Because it's a word that used to denote uh, an institution or an individual that was not performing to standard, and therefore it was a weak standard. The standard is the standard. You either meet the standard or exceed the standard. The moment that you are substandard, now you're living a weaker lifestyle, a weaker practice, a weaker standard. And so if you're not encouraging your kids to be more robust, resilient, confident, and capable, then how are they strong? Well, the opposite of strong is weak. And so if, if someone right now is thinking, how dare he call me and my family weak? Well, I just did, if you are. So that's something for you to chew on and do something about. And that's as simple as I can say it without being offensive. <laughs> without being offensive. Matt, you got any thoughts? Sean very aggressively put it in point. Um, <laughs> no, I like what Jay was saying too. How, and I, I agree with him over you, Chance. I'm sorry, buddy. But it's all good, man. That's we, what we're here we, for. Right? Um, there is individuals and there is the outliers. There's the micros, right? But for a macro over a whole, I think like the – majority of North America right now is fostering a less aggressive, less um, driven mindset, right? Everything has to be accepted. Everything needs to be welcome. Respect is given, you know, respect is earned. I hate to say like, respect is earned. I'll be courteous as heck to you any day of the week, but respect is earned. Um, I think it, and throughout this conversation, one thing that keeps on popping my head, it was Jordan Pearson's, um, comment that everyone should be a monster, but everyone has to be able to control that monster within. And I agree with that, that we need to be the most like exceed standard, push that level, level 9,000 Goku, let's go. Right. But I think that you got to be able to control that and be pleasant and courteous and a benefit to society with that level of aggression and being that monster. Oh, that's a great point. Corey, what do you think? That's a lot to chew on. Um, <laughs> I had several points that I've now forgotten as, as everybody's been talking. Um, I have an interesting thing because obviously you guys are talking about raising sons. I'm raising daughters and I am doing everything that I can, obviously not having been a daughter myself, in order to foster what I hope would make them strong, confident and aggressively seeking things in their lives. But I'll tell you right now, what image comes into your mind when you say aggressive woman? So how do I take that thought process, that image that you just have, and reverse it, but still make it a positive thing? I want my girls to be aggressive. I want my girls to know their place, know their value, know when they're right, know when they're wrong. And, and be okay to speak out on that. And if somebody is challenging that, to challenge them back. Now, we can challenge them with intelligence. We can challenge them with directness. We can challenge them with facts. But sometimes it just requires us to be able to challenge somebody. Um, I want to teach them that. I want to be that example for them. Now, me being aggressive to my daughters, for instance, is going to cause fear if it's not done in, in the right way. And maybe some of these people that, that uh, Jay is talking about, maybe they're people that grew up in an aggressive family where there was aggression all the time. Um, I deal with that all the time in, in, in my work where, where it's an abusive situation, for instance, and aggression is always a negative situation in that. So where do we define that aggressive and aggression to propel people forward where they view it as a negative. Again, like I said, aggressive woman, right? I don't know where that is. I'm still trying to figure it out. I might have an answer for you. Hit it. Uh, Corey, I think what you just have to do is define aggression to your daughters in the right way. They just have to know what you mean by that. 
because the society is going to tell your daughters what aggression is and what toxic femininity is. And they're going to wrap aggression into that in some way. But what you're teaching them is confidence. And so maybe just define that for them. And in your own household, you have what you think is like the ethic that you want your children to be raised by. And I have my own. I'm, I, I uh, feel very similar to what Sean said, that you kind of need to raise your children to be warriors so that they don't get stepped on in society because society sucks. So if your kids aren't strong, they'll be weak. Um, but you don't have to label it in such a way that it seems toxic. You just have to use the right definition and talk to your children about it. So that maybe that'll work. I mean, I'm no expert in parenting, even though I have three of my own. Um, but I think when you can sit with your children and just define with them what the term means, then at least in their mind, and I think you would be satisfied that you're teaching confidence, not real toxic aggression, this cowardice-like aggression. So you're just defining it for them. I think that probably would help. Interesting thought. Matt, you got anything? No, I, I'm, well, yeah, okay. So I have this friend and she is like one of the most caring persons around. Like she, she, um, she has a quote I heard from someone say is that she has more kindness in her little finger than some other people do in their entire body. And she is, when it comes to getting what she wants and, and being the good boss and all that kind of stuff, she's aggressive. Like I am the boss. We're doing it this way. This is, you know, she's in the kitchen, that kind of stuff. She is aggressive in that regards, but it, then she has that flip side where she's very feminine too as well. And, um, and that's some characteristics I want to bring up into my daughters too is that and my oldest is starting to get that too where she is very much you know caring and cooking for her friends and that kind of stuff but when it comes to being in the boss is literally mask on i'm in the kitchen or i'm in in my job and doing it and i i think women have a harder time in this because um the aggression thing is so masculine right that when someone sees a woman being aggressive or passionate for what they're after that comes off as a negative connotation, right? The, the spectrum shifts a little bit from male to female. And I don't, I don't agree with that. And, but it's be able to, I love the fact that my, my daughters and my friend can shift between both aspects on that spectrum really, really smoothly and productively. Interesting. Sean, you got anything? I do. I uh, just got to ask you a question, though, real quick. Uh, before I managed to find aggressive Wi-Fi, uh, did you guys talk about how this episode came together? I had not yet, no. Okay, well, I'll, I'll mention it real quick without any names. So someone had reached out to me a couple days ago and said, uh, Hey, Sean, you are one of the most aggressive lifestyle guys I know, or I live my life with uh, a forward velocity. And... Uh, He'd ask me, so you live an aggressive lifestyle, but you're the most chill kind of hippie style guy that I know at times. So you, you can be a real hippie, but you can be extremely aggressive in how you accomplish things. Uh, I'd love to learn more about that uh, on an episode of The Collective. Henceforth, I forwarded that to Chance Burles, and henceforth, here we are talking about it. And so... Um, Maybe I'll use myself as the example, since that was the example that started this episode. I think that uh, no one has to be all aggression and nobody has to be all passive. What we all should have is the bandwidth to be able to ebb and flow back and forth across the edges of being aggressive in our lives to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish while also being able to be super chill be a hippie for lack of a better term just be cool and so uh, it's an important bandwidth to own the only way to own a really wide bandwidth on those two extremes is to practice it be aggressive in life and be a hippie in life in order to understand how to play with the world in front of you now i'm going to give an example of my thoughts on uh, how this applies to uh, daughters. Uh, of course, I've got two sons. I don't have daughters. But this question was asked of me recently on the Building the Elite podcast, which is going to drop real soon. So I don't want to steal the thunder uh, of the question. But generally speaking, uh, 
we went into a round of rapid fire back and forth Q and A's at the end of it to Craig and myself. And uh, he asked me a quick question of uh, how should women uh, that are trying to train to uh, enter into special operations, how should they train? And my rapid answer was just like the men. So how does a woman become a special operator in a man's world? Train like a man does if you want to fit into the norm, into the standard, into the average, into the accepted practices. And I'm not saying you've got to be a man, but you've got to meet the standard. And those standards are being set by, let's let's not kid around, 99.99999% of special operations is men. And so if you want to be a woman stepping into that role, you got to train like the men are training, not like women are training because there's so few women in it, if any. And so to meet the standard, you've got to understand the standard and then you've got to adopt the standard as a no negotiated standard. And I feel that is the case with uh, daughters. If, if daughters have a goal in mind, if they want to live a life that is full, then you've kind of got to live it gender free. And I know that that is a strange concept to throw out there, but that's how I feel. If I had daughters, they'd be living like boys and girls. My boys, I know it sounds weird, but I raised them as boys and to understand women as best as I can through, uh, through the female eyes or through their mom's eyes or through any way that I could make them more well-rounded. So I hope that by explaining the bandwidth of extremely aggressive to extremely passive in order to play somewhere in that middle ground well you've got to have felt those two extremes i feel i think i have a thought on this and i want to engage it real quickly but any other thoughts on what sean's saying from the panel at all very good okay um so there's a uh we, a little bit earlier, we were talking about, you know, the concept of having this uh, idea of being a superhero, right? <laughs> the people that have never experienced violence are just kind of expecting themselves to to, to be able to engage in violence, um, which led me down the path of that it the, it's the fantasy of it all, right? And what is the fan what is the opposite of being <laughs> of uh, of a fantasy? It is um, holding people uh, accountable. It's accountability. And that's what I think you're talking about at the base level, Sean, here is that you're going to hold people accountable and you're going to hold your kids accountable to be whatever it is they want to be. Um, and I, I love this, Jason, you said earlier something about um, knowing your place. And it hit me and I was like, ooh, that's going to upset some people, <laughs> right, of knowing your place. But that's actually, but we talk about that often, right? You push yourself to, to the level of your capability and then you push yourself a little bit more and you keep putting that what that does is it, it allows you to know your place in the hierarchy of things how you fit into the world in whatever endeavor you're going into so I'm wondering do you think that that is really a more of a um, something that people should seek to know their place <laughs> and that way once they know their place, then they can, they, they have direction and they can utilize that aggression in any way they need to, to either up or down, whichever direction they need to go. That makes sense. Corey, I'm going to come to you first. What do you think? Oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure I can really speak a whole lot on knowing your place. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'll fall back on what I know and it's, it's the way I teach my daughters. Um, if I'm the one setting their limits because of some preconceived notion that I have on how they should behave or, or what they're uh, able to do, then I've already limited them. If I expect, as Sean said, um, and, and raise them as boys or girls, it doesn't matter, um, to have standards, to have expectations, and to, to have a way for them to meet that and then exceed that, then I don't think that's a bad thing. I think them knowing their place is not being put down. It's knowing that their place is probably a lot higher than what they think it is. And that's going to be reached through repetition, experience, knowledge, and aggression. Absolutely. Matt, thoughts? Um, I just don't really like the whole know your place thing. Cause it kind of like, you know, this is where you need to be, you know, blah, but I do like just kind of switch it up. I do like, 
know where you rank in the scheme of things, right? Because by ranking, we're talking you can go up or you can go down based on the situation and those that you're working with. Like Sean's example there with the uh, women getting into the SF. Um, yeah, there's a ranking and there's the standard and you got to know where you are to, to keep on going and get to that standard. Right. Um, like every selection, there's always, you know, first, second, third place. You know, we got eight spots on this course and you're number nine. Right. Um, and ranking is something that you can push up and that you can keep on driving to be better and more of than just knowing your place. Mm -hmm. Jason, thoughts? Yeah. <clears throat> knowing your place is interesting because everybody has uh a grandiose self-image when it comes to confidence, especially when they're around confident people. So that's a, I think uh, it's a great, I think it's a great question, Chance, because it's hard to speak on. Um, every individual um, has to know their place because they have to know the kind of person that they truly are. And that's, uh, that's hard because if you're not an, if you're not a confident person, um, society is going to say that you feel and that you are a coward and that's not true it's just who you are not everybody's aggressive not everybody wants to be violent not everybody wants to run towards violence um not everybody has the kind of personality that exudes an aggressive an aggressive stance yet um everybody wants to be the alpha male Right. Like Corey said, everybody wants to dominate the space. Everybody wants to own the room because they see uh, the confident men um, getting some attention. And, and there's a whole there's a whole biological reason why that is. But on a societal level, it's just as simple as um, the confident man or the aggressive man. Those are, those are two different things. Um, they kind of do they dominate the space and they own the room. And if you're not a confident person yourself, you're going to feel a little bit jealous or envious of that attention, right? So we've probably all been in a room and an aggressive kind of person is not confident. They're aggressive because they're hiding self, they're hiding their own lack of self-confidence. So they're using aggression and they just suck the life out of the room. If you have a confident man, a man who's got a deep resume and he walks into a room and he's acting confident, people will notice the difference between that smug, arrogant aggression versus somebody who's just confident because they've done it all. And it's hard to get everybody to know their place in that because a lot of people are going to feel threatened and intimidated by that just by virtue of how we've set up our life and how we feel internally about ourselves. Not, there's not very many people who are willing to accept that they're not an aggressive person because then the first thing they think of is weak and coward and nobody wants to be labeled as those two things. That's a great point, Sean. Thoughts? Yeah, I do. My my wife is not. Uh, she's not obviously violent, and she's not that aggressive of a person. But she's one of the most capable people I know because of her humongous brain that uh, can wield all kinds of power uh, academically or wield all kinds of power institutionally. She is probably capable of far more. Uh, institutional outcomes than I ever will be simply because of her style of, we'll call it uh, aggression, which is a lack of aggression. It's an ability to step into a room and uh, over a uh, longer period of time than it would take me to have that room uh, align with her expectations. Uh, and they don't understand that that's what is actually happening. And so, um, I think that there's there's overt aggression, there's overt ways to dominate the battle space for lack of a better term, but there's covert ways to do that as well. And I find, you know, we were talking about uh, when a confident or aggressive man steps into a room, all eyes shift towards that man because of biological reasons and et cetera, as uh, Jay stated, and there are, there are bio biological reasons for that of course we're neurologically wired that way uh, how about when the confident aggressive man slides into the room and hangs out in the back shadows and isn't noticed uh, there's lots of ways that we could slice and dice this from my wife to my life to other people's lives and um, we could make lots of cases 
uh, uh, to to make the point. But I think that very simply, uh, between my wife and I, we could act as two good case studies of aggressive and non-aggressive, but still getting things done in a way that maybe not everyone fully understands how it's done, but it is done. And so for uh, boys versus girls as kids, I, I see no difference as long as they have been taught how to be default aggressive appropriately to the child's or the individual's personal characteristics and how to wield that as a superpower in the future. We all have superpowers. It's whether we start learning them early enough and start wielding them well enough that eventually it turns a power into super, I feel. Interesting. Corey, I'm going to come back to you for this. Do you have any, th any thoughts on anything the panel said so far? Because um, we've covered lots. a lot so far. I just <laughs> want to give you a shot. Yeah. Um, going back to aggression and, uh, you know, the idea of initially at the beginning being a fear response i was thinking when sean was talking about his wife i was talking about my i was thinking about my wife and uh she's very passive she's she's an intellectual she's uh, accomplished and has done uh, several things that i probably couldn't do in my lifetime um but i was thinking you know what if i ever wanted to see aggression out of my wife somebody push my kid down or a teacher tell them that uh, they're not doing a good job as a parent and watch that aggression come out almost immediately and without remorse, you know, she's across that uh, playground in half a second grabbing hold of somebody twice her size, ready to take them on. And I'm usually, uh, you know, pulling, pulling her off sort of thing. But she's not an aggressive person, but she's able to show aggression when, when she needs it. So I don't know. I was just thinking that when Sean was talking about his wife. It's a great, no, it's a great point. The, uh, it, I find it quite interesting, too, is that the people that I know who have, who are aggressive in life, usually have a partner that is not so much equally aggressive in that particular category, but equally aggressive somewhere else. And so it's quite interesting that you, you see this a lot of times in terms of relationships that they, one will, you know, or extended relationships, one will bolster the other consistently on whichever uh, one side or the other, right? So you'll have, you know, my wife and I, my wife's a librarian, <laughs> or not a librarian, she's a library technician, but, she works at a library and for the longest time I always wondered like what, what why is she with me <laughs> especially when I was in the army it was uh it's a totally different uh it was a weird dynamic but she was bolstering me in the areas that I was very much less confident in and I was doing the same for her so it was a an interesting mix-up and so I'm wondering do you guys see that as well a lot in in terms of relationship building in that you'll have somewhat aggressive people with semi-passive people or vice versa jay and i on your head what do you got yeah well it's i mean just look at humanity look at the haka dance right w what do you do when you have these uh, ceremonial um aggressive chants you're building everybody's aggression up because you've got a couple of confident people that are sort of leading that you you hear like when you're uh, marching and you're singing when you're in any group, you're not going to have everybody who's aggressive, but you can create a sense of aggression within a group or within some kind of relationship, just like Chan said, by the other person feeding off of somebody else's aggression. And I think the haka dance for me, that's the first thing that I thought of was that's a relationship because it's a team of people that are all in a relationship and they get themselves absolutely jacked in this beautiful ceremony by using a dance, a, like a almost a choreographed dance that is really sort of ramping up the aggression of the team. So I agree with you, Chance, 100%. Um, I think my wife and I are also a good example of that. My, I've seen my wife's uh, ability to be more self-confident change in a positive way because I have changed my arrogance into confidence while I've been with her. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to say that I have been a confident man all my life. I've had to learn how to get there. Um, but we have developed our own ways of feeding off of one another. And aggression is definitely one of them because I've watched that change in my wife and I've seen me become softer um, and be, and learn different aspects of life from her. So definitely, I think that it can be contagious that positive aggression or negative aggression can be contagion contagious look at the after bar crowd like Corey was talking about right 
only takes a few guys to turn the entire crowd into a bunch of aggressive buttheads, buttheads. And most of the guys that are in that crowd are not aggressive day to day. They're just feeding off of the energy of other people's aggression. Matt, what are you thinking? No, I kind of like what you were saying about the Hawka dance and stuff. Uh, I was at a concert just recently and it was a metal concert and there's always a mosh pit, right? And, but so you would think a mosh pit, people bouncing around being aggressive and stuff, but there's always, there's always a, a form of etiquette too as well, right? Someone goes down, everyone backs up, the dude gets up or he gets lifted up and he's back in the pit. Someone gets hurt, they're escorted to the outside, no harm, no foul, right? And I, and being able to, it gets, comes back to the whole controlled aggression thing where you can be aggressive and you can be, you know, ride, you know, rallying up the troops in the whole nine yards. But if it's not controlled, then it's just violence. Right. Um, I think in a relationship, having two people who it's kind of it, it depends on uh, the relationship and where the um, what the word I was looking for. Passion, not passion. Um the aggressive to get something done. It all depends on the, the couple and how they communicate between each other about that, that will make or break a relationship. Like I've been in a relationship where two of us have been really aggressive, to get something done. And we were literally button heads the entire time. And I've also been in a relationship where one was extremely passive and the other one was aggressive. And it, it just fizzled out because one was going this way and the other one wasn't going at all. Right. But if you are both passionate, you're both aggressive and you're both caring and you're carrying the equal weight to achieve you mm-hmm. dominate within whatever you're dominating together. Uh, I think that is a very, very powerful relationship and force. Mm-hmm. Sean, got any thoughts? I do. Uh, so a couple of things, first of all, uh, I'll probably misquote the title of the podcast, but I believe it is the psychological profile of an operator with Dr. Art Finch. Uh, That is a podcast that is worth uh, listening to because he establishes some uh, facts or not facts, but statistics that support it as factual, but uh, based on uh, over 10,000 interviews of special operations uh, personnel and the commonalities between the relationships of men like me who align with women like my wife, who is typically smarter than I am. And I got a pretty high IQ, but she's got a higher IQ to the table in our relationship is almost uh, word for word exactly what uh, Dr. Art Finch would expect of a guy like me aligning with a woman like my wife. It's almost uh, a, a case study that is supported by thousands of other case studies that are identical. And so there are commonalities out there that support these kind of relationships where Uh, One individual is an extreme and the other is in an extreme, but those partners somehow managed to figure it out and be successful in life as a little family unit. Uh, Now, the generalization was made. It's 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 kind of, you know, the guy does this, the girl does that. I'm I'm Chance Burroughs. My wife is a assistant librarian uh, and, and my friends are a lot like this. Well, that's because that's who we hang out with. This panel is uncommon as compared to the rest of the world out there. The world doesn't look like this panel. We're not representative of the world. I've got a boatload of friends who are both librarians, the, the husband and the wife. You know, there's the level of aggressiveness in that household is almost non-existent. And uh, neither one has an extreme edge to uh, either. And so the, the world as we see it right now is not represented in this panel. Uh, so I think there's a lot of uh, case studies out there that we're not talking about. That is a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that's a that's a great topic for another day because we are running out of time, unfortunately. So I'm going to go back down the panel. We're going to get some final thoughts, and uh, then we'll shut her down for the day. Corey, you're at the top of my list. What do you got? Um, can be seen as aggression to the unmotivated. So mm. don't immediately think you're doing something bad just because somebody says that you're being aggressive. Figure out why they're saying that take that into consideration and then keep doing what you're doing. Interesting. Matt, what do you think? Um, aggression is a learned skill as well as it is a natural biological reaction. And I think learning to be aggressive for a positive and also learning to control aggression when it starts getting negative is a wonderful skill for people to develop. Absolutely. Jason, final thoughts? 
Yeah, I think one of the best ways that I've learned in seeing people that are highly aggressive to make sure that aggression is being used the right way is to have a massive exercise of empathy. And I mean that as a way of looking at everybody else around you when you are highly aggressive. You got to remember that most people aren't. And you'll use your aggression poisonously or you'll use your aggression with benevolence. And that depends on your level of empathy. And I think that speaks to the resume of your life and the kind of person you are. And it'll be very, very apparent if your level of aggression is built into an empathetic ethic or one where you are simply in a single lane of life and you're using what you have developed as a skill to get yours at all costs. So I think it's empathy wrapped up with aggression that can be the catalyst for somebody who becomes superhuman in a way, but also very beneficial to society as a whole. Absolutely. Sean, final thoughts? Yeah, I don't have much more to add on what Jay just said there. Maybe empathy, experience, wisdom, compassion, ass-kicking. We could uh, throw a bunch of words together that uh, create the ideal human being that none of us will ever be. But I know this one thing for sure, that uh, if you don't exhibit all of those things, there's only one way to start exhibiting them, and that's to start engaging in them. If you think your empathy is a 9 out of 10, but your confidence or your aggression is a 1 out of 10, well, you know what you got to work on. 100%. Now, <laughs> this is, first off, just want to, say really appreciate the conversation guys this has been awesome jay matt Corey. really enjoyed the conversation sean thank you for joining us from the street wandering around it was uh one of the greatest points of this is what we're talking about aggression every so often you watch them go like that's <laughs> 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 somebody walked by him. it's awesome it was a, Dude, uh, there was a guy who walked by me who gave me a massive stink eye. he was wearing all of the bumper stickers on his hat and shirt and as he gave me that stink eye, he was getting it back in spades. So, you know, there's there's only one way to run a default aggressive life is not to cower when the bullies are walking by fake large and in charge in it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It was perfect demonstration of controlled aggression. I loved it the whole way through. It was fantastic. Um, so do really appreciate the conversation. It's been fantastic. And I think the biggest part that we can do, the biggest thing I can say right now is the fact to learn about yourself, understand where you are aggressive, where you're not, and then build upon where you need to build upon and grow into the person that you're meant to be. And you do that with us every day here on The Collective. See you all tomorrow. Chimo. Chimo.